Welcome to the Underappreciated Movie Podcast, where four friends discuss movies that they love, but nobody else does. Hello, friends, and welcome back. I'm Elaine. I'm Carly. I'm John. I'm Tony. Each of us has picked a specific movie genre. I have horror thriller. I have science fiction fantasy. I have drama and romance. I have action adventure. We take turns selecting from our movie genre, movies that, in our opinion, have not received the respect they deserve. You won't see any of these films on anyone's top ten list, but maybe by listening to our podcast, you can give these films a second chance. But not this week. Why? Because it's It's Tony's birthday month. So, Carly, what does that mean? It means that we all pick movies that we wish Tony would pick, and he gets to pick whatever he wants. So we pick movies that are in his genre. And today's episode was picked by... John, and it's Queen of the Damned, 2002's Queen of the Damned. That's because the rare vampire movie. Pick. Yeah, I thought you know what, Tony. I thought to myself, I said, "Self, when's the last time Tony picked a vampire movie?" And I said, "I don't know." When's it's been, last episode. It's been minutes. <laughs> so I decided you pick a vampire movie. I picked this because it's been in your your next. It's been bubbling up. It's been. Oh, I'm gonna do it next. I'm gonna do it next. But it keeps getting. Bogged down, and I wanted to do this because for two reasons. One, I thought it'd be entertaining to let Elaine shit on this for a while, <laughs> and I like this movie. So <laughs> it's me, me, you, and Vic. The only <laughs> people that like this movie. <laughs> and maybe Stuart Townsend. I haven't talked to him. Uh, so. You know who doesn't like this movie? Anne Rice. <laughs> yes, she did not. <laughs> um, all right. So the what Lestat is after many years of sleeping in his coffin, the vampire Lestat awakens only to find that the world has changed, and he wants to be part of it. He gathers a following, becomes a rock star, only to find that his music awakens an ancient queen, Akasha, and she wants him to become her king. Elaine, you feel like you have something you want to get off your chest there? No. Not yet? <laughs> it's going to be quiet? All right, this movie uh, came out in 2002. Uh, this was directed by Michael Raymer, who's also known for a few episodes of Bar- Battlestar Galactica okay. and some episodes of Hannibal. That's about it. That's mm. it? Oh, and they let him direct a feature film? Well, he's done a bunch of TV, but those are just the ones that I picked. Um, <laughs> this is also starring Queen of the Damned herself, Akasha. Aaliyah, who's also known for one other thing. Welcome back to the podcast. Romeo Must Die, welcome back to the podcast, mm-hmm. which was also a birthday pick. <laughs> so on, you know, next someone's next birthday, they have to pick another Aaliyah movie. There isn't <laughs> There aren't any, so we're going to have to do an Aaliyah video. Yeah. Which is unfortunate. Yeah, she passed she was... away in 2001, yeah. um, just before this came out. Um, uh, in the role of Lestat, we have Stuart Townsend, who's known for the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen and being fired from Lord of the Rings. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was supposed well, to be. What was he supposed to be? Aragon. He was going to be Aragon. Oh, well, I'm glad that they went with Viggo Mortensen. <laughs> if they'd gone with Stuart Townsend, you might not like Viggo Mortensen oh, at all. Saying. Now, Although I did think quite a few times in this movie that he his face reminded me of Elijah Wood. <laughs> okay, Ooh, that's why I asked. No, Stuart Townsend is good looking. Elijah well, Wood. I understand is that, but gross. just like with the well, vampire gross. makeup, that's, that's gross. <laughs> with the vampire makeup, just a few times I was like, he kind of looks like Elijah Wood. Okay, Elijah Wood still looks like he's five. He's <laughs> huh. also starring Marguerite Moreau. Who you might know from the Mighty Ducks, the Mighty Ducks Two, the Mighty Ducks Three, an episode of Blossom. Oh, was it the very special episode of Blossom? Yes. <laughs> Tonight, Free Willy, Mighty Ducks Three, 
Goodness gracious. And Beverly Hills Chihuahua. Ah, no wonder I'd never seen her before. <laughs> You've never seen the Mighty Ducks? You know, saw the Mighty Ducks? The first one? The Mighty Ducks man himself. Emilio. I was like, Emilio! She's doing a bit from that at the Roxbury. I never saw it. You never saw it at the Roxbury? No, I saw that. Oh. I never saw Mighty Ducks. It was just one of the movies that slipped by. Just like me. the Sandlot. I think you were really? too old. You were too old. Yeah. I think so. You were too old for the Mighty Ducks. Right. Missed your window. Maybe. Well, the first I was, one was top shelf. The second one was like, I don't really like it. The third one was garbage. Mm. One might call it dog trash. <clears throat> no, that's not dog trash. It's a pretty good movie. D3? It is better than Queen of the Day. Oh, first Ooh. burn, ladies and gentlemen. I would rather watch D3. <coughs> first burn. On a Christmas story marathon. Then watch this piece of trash. <laughs> well, you just watched it, so let's talk about it. Uh, there's also one more person I have in here. It's Vincent Perez, who uh, played Marius. He's known for the Crow City of Angels. <laughs> there's some stellar actors wow. in this. Yeah, uh, I looked at some of these people's IPBs. I was like, whoa. You should probably not yawn while you talk because you can't make any sense. Okay. Like this plot? <laughs> wow. Okay, so we had a budget of $35 million, and, it bo- and the box office was $45.5 million. So, uh, well, you figure production, not so much, but mm. mm-hmm. I know what you're saying. Well, that looks like a positive cash flow. Why did you pick this? 17% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> I saw it, I was like, whoa. It's not the lowest I've seen, but it's not, you know. <laughs> not Jack Frost, but it's not that far either. Uh, Metacritic score 30 and IMDb 5.3 out of 10. Mm-hmm. Now. I have a couple of reviews here, but first, I want to hear what you thought going in, e- birthday boy. Oh, <laughs> uh, I like this movie, and Elaine's wrong. That's what you thought uh, going in? That's <laughs> what I thought going in. What do you I think? I was preparing myself for the onslaught of <laughs> Elaine hatred. What do you think, uh, Carly? <laughs> <laughs> Tony made me watch this a couple years ago, and I didn't hate it. And I was like, I haven't seen it since. Let's give it another shot. All right, so let's get to the reviews. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> That's what I thought. Eloquent. Also, my first review is... <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Sorry if I sprayed anybody. Yeah. All right, so here's the reviews. Rice's complex, sprawling novel is rendered virtually incomprehensible by a combination of lax- lackluster direction, risible dialogue, and shoddy effects. How'd you find my review? (laughs) (laughs) That's the bad one if you weren't sure. Oh, okay. Okay. That might be the good one. Did you you write down whose review that was? I did not. And fuck them if they can't take a joke. And here's the good one. If you're a fan of the book, you most likely will not like this movie. (laughs) They nailed it, and that's why I picked this one. But Tony's also a fan of the book, and he likes this movie. That's true. I'm not a super fan. Most likely, yeah. Uh, I like the book. It's it's nothing like what Anne Rice wrote, but if you like sexy vampires and awesome music, you just might love it. I do like sexy vampires (laughs) and awesome music. (laughs) This person's got a a point here. All right. So, let's get into it, I think. Oh, just by the way here, this movie comes in at around about one hour and 41 minutes, which I knew Tony would appreciate not being over the two hours. I mean, they could have trimmed that minute off, but it's okay. (laughs) Could have trimmed a little bit. I don't think the editor is going to make it to his least favorite character list this week. No? All right. So, the movie opens up. Warner Brothers Pictures presents a Village Roadshow Productions, Queen of the Damned. We open to a statue of a... What? (laughs) You've never, ever done that before. You're the one who's like, the globe spins and we zoom in. Yes, because if it does something fun, I mention it. But you've never, ever, ever mentioned it and it does nothing fun. 
Mm-hmm. We open to a with a she's statue. Gonna, of, she's gonna pick on the title yeah. screen. I know of Akasha Damn. and uh, Aiken. I may pick this for my birthday movie. Yes. <laughs> Do it again. <laughs> a violin is being strummed. Drums are pounding. We hear a voiceover. It's Lestat. He explains that the thought of eternity for him became unbearable. So he slept, hoping the sounds of the years would serve as some form of death. But then he was awoken by the sweet sound of something. Something different. Something better. Sprinkle and fairy dust, no? <laughs> All right. So... <coughs> John has actual paper notes today, and he just finished page one and flung it over his shoulder. That's the kind of fairy dust that our podcast listeners need to know about. Yes, friends. I I like to have a good time. Unlike Elaine, who likes to sprinkle fairy dust and big hand gestures. Why are you picking on me? I don't know, because I feel like you're going to pick on this movie. I'm defensive. (laughs) The stat emerges from his crypt, violin in hand. And he has himself what I like to call a quick meal. You know what that means, Carly? He ate a guy. Mm-hmm. Or two. I think it was actually three. It's probably a lot. Yeah. Um, and he says he doesn't know if it was that first meal or the music, but he never felt better. And then he goes and finds the instrument of his resurrection that was playing in his own house. How does he know it was his house? Cause I, it's his house. Because he owned that house. <laughs> but from his crypt, how did he know? Oh, uh, <laughs> why were they in his house? But they were literally in his house. Yeah. Isn't that a clunky dink? Yes. Now, I know... It's a little amazing. It is a little amazing. I'm going to stop right here, and I'm going to say I know this is not going to be verbatim from the books, and I don't want to hear about, well, in the book, this, and the book, that, and the book, this. I get it. Just want to cover that. All right. I'm just going to point out that it's so far away from the books that I couldn't even explain to you how it connects to the books. Sure you can. They're both called – well, this one's not even called <laughs> – this was in the Vampire yeah. Lestat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, hey – but it's literally his house. He owns it. It's literally. And he was buried underneath his house. So. Yeah. All right. So. We find Lestat sitting on an amp with his eyes closed and going, ah, which was kind of weird. But. And the band is like, how the hell did you get in here? Who the hell are you? That chick was like, ooh, your voice is so good. And that chick had the, the pink hair that was very popular around this time. There was another person. What was her name? Always had her hair that color. Oh, yeah. Pink. Pink. That's it. Gwen Stefani was also rocking that same color. I think she was supposed to be like Gwen Stefani. she was on her way out, though, right? Gwen Stefani? Yeah. Has she ever been out? Yes. She's not around. Now? Yeah. She's on The Voice. That was was her coming back, though, because she was. Well, because she had a kid and married country guy or whatever. Gavin Rossdale. She was Gavin Rossdale. They got divorced. Yeah, but they got divorced. She's with, um. Blake Sheldon? Yeah, she's with Blake Sheldon. Blake Sheldon, that's it. Hmm. Anyway, so we're back to the, the movie now. Do we have to? Can't so yeah, we talk about Gwen Stefani again? Gwen Stefani <laughs> All right, so. <laughs> they ask who he is. And without hesitating, he says, I am the vampire Lestat. With just a simple vo- uh, phrase, he has portrayed everything that he's supposed to hold dear. Dear? Secret. Okay. I want to point out. Yes, dear. Take, take your time. This is the only thing I'm going to point out from the books. Mm-hmm. Because in the books, the interview, interview with the vampire was a real was a book that was released. So mm-hmm. when he said he was the vampire Lestat, they thought it was a joke and that he was playing the character and they gave him, from and they the, the interview book, with yeah. the vampire books. Which would have made any of this make sense. <laughs> All right, I'm going to allow that. 
because that really would help them laughing going on. Oh, and it yeah, would have been right. two lines and would have made sense. Yeah, it would, it would have helped. But they weren't referencing the first and in, one. And in the first movie, they go and they, he saves the tapes and, you know, they follow that in the book where he makes a book. So it would have been fine to do that. You know, it would have been, been. It wouldn't have been weird or anything. But they, this, I guess, this wasn't a direct sequel. They don't mention the other one at all. They offered Tom Cruise the role, but he was like, "No, no." Him and Brad Pitt got way too much shit for that first movie. Like everybody didn't want Tom Cruise to do it, and then he did it, and everybody's like, "Oh shit, that's right, he can act." <laughs> so like he was really good in this. And they were getting death. Apparently, they were getting death threats and death threats to their families and shit like that. I feel like everybody always forgets Tom Cruise can act unless you're actually watching a Tom Cruise movie because he's fucking good in everything. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> oh, name me a movie he wasn't good in. Um, Eyes Wide Shut. Now is the movie bad or is he bad? Mm, both. It's just a bad movie. I never saw it. I've never no. either. I didn't either. Fidelia. None of us has seen it. You don't know what it. that means, but if you watched it, it would make sense. None, Our none, fans there who've seen it will know. None of us have seen it, so don't pick it on the podcast. <laughs> oh, it would be a Carly movie, so... It, I, you know. It's not going to happen. Never happened. Never <laughs> happened. <laughs> I was like, what? What? Uh, what? I've never had any desire to see it. Let's talk about Lestat for okay. a minute. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he tells them he's going to give them everything they've always wanted. They're gonna, he's going to make them famous, because he's going to be a fucking rock star. And they're all like, sure. We're going to put out one album. And we're not going to do any, and they're not going to do any live performances. No. They're like the gorillas. It's funny, though, because I, I, for, I hadn't actually seen this in a while, and I was watching it, and they do their shit and make this band and stuff, and then MTV comes up, and I was like, oh, that's right, I forgot about MTV. And then I was like, <laughs> they, the I was like they would actually fucking eat this up, man. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. This whole gimmick and stuff. They would fucking eat this shit up. It would work. All right, so we cut to Jonathan Davis of Corn, who does a little uh, singing for Lestat in the movie. And Forsaken drops, boom, we get credits. Good song. Take the lane. <laughs> I don't know the words. You don't know the words to Forsaken? No. It's, the, it's okay. Now, Erin, when she found out we were doing this movie, mm-hmm. was very excited. Oh, that's she right. She's it. the other person that likes uh, this movie. There's four of us. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, you got a little club going. have a soccer team soon. And she, we'll, call, we'll be called the Forsaken. <laughs> she made sure I knew that the singing is a combination of the lead singer of Disturbed and the lead singer of Corn, And that's one of the reasons it's so good. Because well, it's both of those guys. On the album, it's the guy from Disturbed. Here we have Jonathan Davis. Hmm. The great Jonathan Davis. Before he went crazy. Hmm. All right, so we cut to the press released party. Uh, it says released. It should be release party, but, you know, spelling. Do you need a red pen? Do you have one? Mm-hmm. Maybe. Okay, then. Um. All right. And fans were all hoping to catch a glimpse of Lestat, but he ain't there. The manager fields some questions, and they're asked, how do you describe your music? Sex, blood, and rock and roll. That's kind of cute. It's lame. It's, it's lame. It's so lame. <laughs> Lestat appears on a big screen and jokes about how him having just had to catch his breakfast. And everybody laughs. He just killed someone. And they're like, ha, 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 ha. Well, That's they funny. Think they, think yeah. they think he's... Well, you don't actually have to kill somebody to feed, by the way. You don't have to, but somebody would talk. But, uh, they, don't, they don't think he's a vampire. They think I know. it's a gimmick. And having the previously mentioned the, the book for Vinny yeah, Vampire would have came out, but none of these people know this movie. because, you know, whatever. All right. 
And we learned that there's going to be a one and only concert in Death Valley, which is amazing considering that the band got so big and they never had to perform anywhere. But whatevs. <laughs> Lestat closes by sending a message to the other vampires. Come out, come out, wherever you are. Your Stuart Townsend impression is not bad. Impersonating <laughs> <laughs> Stuart Townsend, impersonating Lestat, impersonating, never mind. All right, so. Cut to Lestat's house, where his manager brings two young ladies who want to meet him. It's a very gothic house, and we learn that Lestat moves around a lot. Why is that? I don't know. What can I say about that? Oh, he's right there. I hate when he just does that. He's behind me, isn't he? Lestat sneaks up on them, and the girls are all in awe of him. He, he sprinkles the vampire pheromones, and they're all, like, ready to do the hibbity-dibbity. That's not what they do, though. No, but we're going to get to that. And just so you know, in his notes, it actually does say hibbity. <laughs> it does. <laughs> and just so you know, Tony has informed me that we have to get at least one couch like Lestat's. Oh, it's, it's, it'll, it's coming up. You're going to get I'm, a whole house like Lestat's? That, that would be something. I, I like these couches. If you get a chance, if you're rewatching this movie, if you're, no, the, other, if you're, if you're the other person that likes this movie... <laughs> Take note of his couches. And join our soccer team. And please, please pray that Tony doesn't force me to get a couch like I don't these. think we could get that in the front door. These things are like seven feet tall. Those things are really expensive, too. Well, I'm sure. But if we could build one. Oh, God, no. In my head, I'm thinking, I wonder if John thinks he can build one. <laughs> but that was my question. I see something like, I yeah. wonder if I could build that. Tony, we're gonna, this summer, we'll spend some time. We can do that. But we'll no. see. What, if it doesn't work, we'll just build a fire. Exactly. Where was I now? We can be both of them. You can have one, I can have them. Boom! We have Matching the, couches. In the podcast room, we'll put a big giant couch, a Lestat couch, we'll call it. Okay. <laughs> Where are we? Oh, yes, the hibbity-dibbity. All right, so the girls are smoking a little weed, and they're trying to get Lestat to have some sex. They actually go and touch him on the pee-pee, and he says, don't do that. No, no, their wee-wees don't work. Right. And they crawl around the floor for a while, and it's very playful, until the music drops, and Lestat climbs the walls. Have you ever playfully crawled on the floor trying to turn a gentleman on? No, I mean, with children playfully crawling on the floor is one thing, but... In a sexy, playful manner. Well, if you climbed the walls, I bet Tony would like it. Like, vampire! interesting. Yeah, he does want to be a vampire. It's something you see, though, like, on movies where it's like, come to me and they, like, crawl to Mm -hmm. each other, but... But they're all crawling like they're a pack. <laughs> they're not crawling to each other. They're crawling around. Well, anyway, Lestat climbs the walls and onto the ceiling and shows his fangs. And not the fang they were trying to see. Whoa. And all of a sudden, the girl starts screaming and he just falls down on them. And that's it for them. No hibbity, and I don't think he dibbity. let them. No hibbity, no dibbity. They go and see no. Officer Spear. But do you want to be the... But do you want to be the groupie getter who then has to bury the bodies in the morning or whatever? How do you get that job? And how much does it pay? Because it's not enough. Probably a lot. <laughs> whatever it is. He lets you live. That's your pay. Whatever it is, if you times it by 100, it's still not enough. He lets you live. <laughs> That's your payment. All right. So we cut back to Lestat, who looks like he's in a garden or something. He's in his backyard just chilling. And he says very quietly, come out, come out, wherever you are. Mm-hmm. We see Lestat has been left and is lonely. So but the look on his face that I get here is that he's lonely and and he's trying to find something. He wants a companion. That's what I'm getting at here. This is pattern. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure Elaine can shed some light on why he's so lonely. Well, he said it in the opening monologue, and I know I'm not Elaine, but he said it in the opening monologue, there comes a time in... Um, 
you know, when you're going to live forever, where you mm-hmm. realize that you don't want to live forever by yourself. Mm. Thoughts? It's a reoccurring theme in all the books, is that you get to be immortal, but everyone you know dies, and you can't really hang out with humans, so you become lonely. And then you find out that the curse is you have to hang out with vampires, <laughs> and they're not all cool. Well, Tony, would, you wanna, them, would, would that be okay with you? Yeah. Hello, the old ones. He's given this some thought already. He's like, I've already <laughs> done that. Well, I can sit on I can sit on uh, Reddit for the rest of. The- one of the themes is that <laughs> the old ones make new ones to help them live in the moment and yeah. and learn about the time, different time periods. Ah, yes. Okay, so we cut to Jesse, who's asleep, and we hear a voice. Mm-hmm. Should we see her as a child waking up in her bed and walking into what seems to be a vampire party? We see a family tree. Maharet is crying. Who's this Maharet? What family tree is this? Where did this person come from? We don't know. She's one of the twins. And I know what you're going to say. Where's the other twin? She's not in this movie. We don't know anything. There's no twins She didn't in this make movie. the cut. She's not one of the twins. She's just a lady with a fancy house. We know shit oh, about this woman. I haven't, I haven't read this book in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, does the band do anything in the book? Are there any no. characters in the book at all? Not really. I didn't think so. They're just the vehicle by which he becomes famous. Yeah. I just figured that he would have some kind of relationship with them, and I was like, they don't do anything like, in the movie, and I was like, I can't remember if did they do anything in the book. But. I feel like they're slightly more important in the book, but they don't really do anything either. Kind of like the ancients? They're like his pets. Yeah. Well, his children. I'm guessing we learn more about Maharet in the book. Yeah, a little bit. Based on By the little second. Bit, a lot. Okay, so <laughs> the book, The Queen of the Damned, is pretty much all about Maharet. Uh, and her okay. sister. And Akasha and Kamen, who is my favorite character, who um, doesn't have any speaking parts in this movie, and you wouldn't even know who's in it unless you looked at the IMDb. Kamen's cool. If he touches you, it's like getting hit he by a truck twice. He told me about that. He can fold a penny in, in half seven times. But <laughs> it's pretty much... The the book the actual Queen of the Damned book is their story and the history of the actual vampires and how they began and... It's really, really interesting. <laughs> and it actually is really, really fucking cool. Until Anne Rice shits on it later. That's true. In the but with the Atlanteans? Yes. Well, but sometimes <laughs> you just have to stop reading. Yes. <laughs> there there in every long series of books, there's a point where you just have to say, Okay, I'm done. <laughs> Jump the shark. The princess stat's awesome. The one after that, you don't need to read that. Just pretend that's where it ended. Which is that it's like season five of Supernatural. Mm. What's after Prince Lestat? Is that the one? That's the one where you find out the origin, the real origin of vampires, and then you go, okay, well, I'm going to go watch something on Nickelodeon then. (laughs) (laughs) Makes more sense. Right. Stargate Atlantis, sure. Stargate Atlantis. Anyway, so Maharet's crying because he has to send Jesse away, and Jesse wakes up. And we cut to her drinking what I assume is tea because they're in London. (sighs) And the MTV News is on, and I have in quotation marks. Is that still a thing? I don't think it is. I have now. no idea. <laughs> okay, this scene doesn't hold up because if Gwen were to watch this or cross, they'd be like, they would not understand why MTV News. Like, what, why is there. Where I was like, movie? Serena Alshul, I remember her. <laughs> cool ass. Where's Kurt Loader? <laughs> <laughs> like, they've been dead for 20 years, Tony. Oh. Oh, well, shit. <laughs> and we get a sneak peek of uh, Lestat's new song. And it's just playing in the background while Jesse's reading, like you do. And all of a sudden, something sparks her attention. She's like, what, 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 what? Did you say Admiral's arms? So goes and she pulls out some books. Uh, oh, goodness gracious. You do it. It's not going to come through very well. <laughs> and she looks, and the Admiral's arms is something that um, strikes her, and she's like, oh, i got to tell somebody. 
So then we cut to the Telemasca Society. What's that? Who are these people? What do they investigate? Do they have a rich and interesting history? I bet they do. Do we get to learn anything about it? No, because this movie is... They I'm, explain I'm it. starting to decide with Elaine, unfortunately, because <laughs> now I'm starting to remember. Be of the observe yeah. the dark realm, but be not actually. Okay? Even in the Vampire Chronicles, they don't really talk about the Talmasca too much. You, if you're interested more in the Talmasca, you have to read her Mayf- uh, Mayfair witching, Witches. The Witching Hour. Yeah, that those ones are really good. I read those books first. I only read the first one. <sighs> I never oh, read you read those before in the Vampire ones? Because oh, my wow. sister read the first one and said, Hey, Elaine, this is really good. So I read... Did you read her werewolf? I read the first... ones? No. I read the first three... The, the trilogy. The original <clears throat> witch trilogy. And then I read the Vampire <clears throat> ones. In my head, the Telemask are kind of like the Watchers in Buffy. Yes, yeah, they gonna, are. I was going to say the Watchers in Highlander, but they sure. Are, they're very yeah, much. They're like that, too. Okay. So they just... They watch. Keep track of and watch, yeah. and they know the lore and mm-hmm. collect read paintings. the books and collect paintings, yeah. collect all the stuff, yeah, mm. and samples, and specimens. They're really cool. Lot, most of them are psychics. Jesse is a psychic. Did you know that? No, no you not. didn't, because you don't know shit. <laughs> you don't know shit about fuck, my man. <laughs> she's a very, very powerful. This psychic. is one of the reasons I picked oh, really? her. She's yeah. actually because I knew she would, there'd be something if she would just jump in and steam all that shit. Who was also a powerful psychic. Well, it's just Unfortunately, funny. when she Especially becomes a vampire, spoiler alert, <laughs> that goes this. away because they lose their psychic powers when they become. Vampires. I saw this movie. Um, David also on. powerful, powerful psychic. Did you know that? No, because oh. this movie explains David's nothing. A psychic? Yes. I didn't know that. I don't remember that. Was he? Did you read Tale of the Body Thief? Of course. Where he stole the body. David stole the body? David stole the body? David ended up in the body. In the body. Oh, okay. oh, oh, the guy that stole Lestat's body. The guy that sto- switched bodies with Lestat. I get Lestat it. had I get to get it. his body back, and David helped him because David it. is a powerful body. Is a, it was a powerful psychic. And then David ended up oh, in the 20-year-old Adonis' body, and then he got turned into a vampire. I remember. I get, I get it mixed Christ. up with Angel because the Angel did the same plot line. <laughs> <laughs> There was an old man as did that. But okay. All right, so. All right, sorry. <laughs> I thought, uh. There we go. What's his name? Bit David. Marius. Yeah. He does. At the end of Lestat. But he doesn't turn him. Oh, okay. He doesn't get turned into. He doesn't get turned into the end of the Body Thief book because David ends up in the body that the Body Thief used to lure Oh, because he's getting old. Because he was dying. Yeah, he had cancer or that's something. Right. That's right. Friends, I know what you're saying. Where is the Anne Rice podcast? <laughs> because I'm sure well, this is, is it. I'm sure there is. <laughs> if, you know what? I'm going to look that up. I bet that would be interesting. I bet you'd be super confused because you've never read any of the books. The only I thing did you read know the book. is this fucking I, movie. I read one and a half of the books. So, <clears throat> to you. Okay. I haven't read any of the books. I was They're on deployment, bad. so I, I read them. And, and I don't know. I liked it. I read the interview with a vampire. That was really good. Mm-hmm. It was really close to the movie. Like Vampire then Lestat. I started reading the Vampire Lestat. Never finished it. I, I was like, that. "Wow, this is nothing like the movie." I like Memoc the Devil the most, I think. But never. Heard. All right. So Jesse's giving a brief that about how the really lyrics are an exact location Sorry. of a vampire bar. <laughs> that one. <arrived. laughs> And in olden times, they had a history of weird shit that's in the meatpacking district. Now, I read in the IMDb facts that this was a subtle homage to some shit in New York because they had the same thing. Yep. I remember they did. They were going to. Uh, they're supposed to do a documentary. There was this girl that was doing investigations on it that disappeared. She's investigating vampires disappeared. You know, last time we were in New York, honey, we didn't look this up. We didn't go there. And I wouldn't have went there anyway. 
just in case. <laughs> well, I'm not David Duchovny traveling across country to California, so hey, I would not be interested in looking at murder scenes. Hey, brah. <laughs> anyway. Hey, brah. So, the group is not enthusiastic about her, her uh, investigations because they want to know where she got this picture. Well, I took it. You went there? Does David know? And then all of a sudden, David, who wasn't in the meeting for whatever fucking reason, pops up. <laughs> Jesse. <laughs> That's because she's an apprentice. She's not supposed to be doing that kind of stuff because she's not cleared for field work. Did she, you not listen to the actual lines in this script? She's a very powerful psychic. She can get away they with it. They said right there in this movie, you're an apprentice. You're not cleared for field work. Uh-huh. She's a very powerful psychic. Didn't you know? Who's David? Why isn't he in this meeting? We don't know his rank. We just know he's David because this movie doesn't explain shit. Who's David? What's his rank? He's like second in command of the Salamasca. He's like a big fucking deal. BFG. All right, got it. Oh. He's a big friggin' guy. Oh, I lost my place now. Mm-hmm. They're at the Admiral's arm. David comes in nope, and says, come at- to my office. Yes, yeah, so we're now we're in David's office. And for some reason, they have a little private chit-chat, and he changes the subject. Because they were talking about Lestat and the Admiral's arm. So he, he doesn't talk to her about how she was doing wrong or don't do it again or what's your interest in Lestat. She goes, let me show you something. See this painting here? What is this painting? That's blah, 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 blah. What about this one? Oh, that guy's in the same one. Yep. I checked all the samples. They're all authentic. This man is in all of them. He's as close as we've gotten to the original vampire. His name is Marius. So he's older than Lestat. He made Lestat. I know your head's going to explode. The guy who made Lestat is Magnus. Magnum. Magnus. Magnus. Uh, He kills himself immediately after. And he kills himself. We got it. I know, Elaine. But then he shows up later. Spoiler. <laughs> As a ghost. <laughs> All right, so <clears throat> this scene should have been longer because he's because expo- the her, her thing is that she thinks that vampires might actually be real, and he's supposed to explain. And he's explained to her, no, we know they're fucking real, which is why you shouldn't be going to take pictures outside one of their fucking clubs. Which is, which is, you think that would be like on the. The application, you know what I mean? Like Ghostbusters, do you believe in ESP and all that? There's a steady paycheck. Because what the fuck are you doing then? Well, this like is... Like, we investigate vampires. They might be real. Well, I hope. Otherwise, what the fuck are we doing? But she's an apprentice. So they probably they haven't, haven't, verified it for haven't told her all the things that mm-hmm. they know about. Maybe she... They know she's psychic. So, so what maybe is she she's, doing? She's probably been doing Reading. psychic phenomena because uh. she is fucking psychic. So maybe uh, they have not clued her in on all the extra super creeps out Allegedly there. Allegedly psychic. But this I'll is a scene the where you would... Yeah. This is just a poorly written scene because it should be, I think vampires are real, and then he pulls her in the office and says, you're fucking right. Look at this. This is evidence that vampires are real. Well, this is... I, I was reading up on the trivia too. This is a Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man uh, dumpster fire situation <laughs> where they only had a year before they were going to lose all the rights to this movie series and it was going to go back to Anne so they threw this out real quick. Yeah, because they had seven years than, to make a movie and they waited until the last yeah. possible second. Yeah, they had seven years. They had a very successful movie. They're like, all right, well, let's let it simmer. <laughs> let it simmer. <laughs> Keep letting it simmer. What do you mean we can't let it simmer anymore? Well, put some shit out. <laughs> you know what else they did? Which which also, because when you know your rights are about to run out and you just push out a movie mm-hmm. that always works, mm-hmm. see the new Fantastic Four for any reason. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or Amazing Spider-Man 1 or 2. But yeah. Don't watch those. <laughs> <laughs> Throw them in that dumpster fire yes. we're talking about. Just, yeah, when you're about to lose the rights, you, you, know, you do crazy things. Anyway. So, David says uh, he knows about Lestat. Well, how do you know about I have Lestat's journal? 
<laughs> so then he offers to give it to Jesse if she promises not to go back to the Admiral's arms. And she crosses her fingers behind her back and says, okay. <laughs> and we cut to Jesse reading the journal. We learn that it's the winter of 1788. Wow. I'm sorry. You haven't interrupted in a second. What do you got over there, Wow. Interview with the vampire had a budget of $60 million and made $223 million. I can see why they wait seven years. And they sat on that for seven years. Well, because they were probably like, oh, man, I can't wait to do the next one. We're going to get Tom and Brad back. and did it. No, we're not doing this shit again. Nobody came back. They didn't even use any of, like, the B-roll footage or anything. Well, they didn't use any of those characters. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like Armand, in this Armand, Armand went from like Antonio fun. Banderas to some kid that looks like, what's his name, from The Lost Boys. And, <laughs> and neither one yeah, of those actors looks look right. anything like the character of Armand because they're yeah. not redheads. Or in 14. Yes, that's true. <laughs> this, this kid's closer to 14 than Antonio yeah. Banderas was. True. That's true. That's true. Anyway. So where yeah, are we? Ta- we're going to talk about Marius and how he's not so, a, a six foot two blonde haired Viking. <laughs> are we going to talk about the math real quick? Because I like to talk about the math. Sure. What year was Louis made? Oh, uh, I, I saw it. 1791. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, and this takes place in the winter of 1788. Mm-hmm. So he, uh, was a young vampire when he made Louis. Actually, That's there was true. about, <laughs> I think there was only about 20 years difference. Because when he made Louis, he had come to um, New Orleans to be with his father as his father died. So I think there's 20 years difference mm-hmm. between when Lestat was born. Well, not in the movies. In the movies, it was three. I know. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I know I bring that up because of that reason. I know it was about 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> and I knew Elaine's head would spin. So, <laughs> Lestat is made to a vampire by Mar- Marius. <laughs> and he's <laughs> Marius, a six foot two blonde Viking? No. Oh, wait, no. He's Roman. Yeah, he's not Roman. He is in this. He was a Viking slave. He's a Roman in this. Well, most of them are Romans in the book because yeah. they all come from the same crew. Yeah, but, but he's distinctly described as six foot two and blonde. They had blondes in the Roman army. He was a Celt. Does this. Celt. I. I play for the Celtics. <laughs> I can't pronounce that word, but whatever. Anyway, He's so. Kiloti. Kiloti. <laughs> All right, so let's, he tells Lestat that he wants to understand these times, and that's why he has chosen him. And after he is turned, so he bites him and gives him some blood, and after he's turned, Lestat rises, and like he arches the shit out of his back, comes up, and he says one word. More. It's Which very creepy. Very reminiscent of what? Claudia when she was turned. <laughs> so that's really the only callback to the first movie in the which whole you, fucking which, thing. Which you remember because of Deadpool. Don't, don't bullshit us. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, Deadpool was a solid <laughs> flick, man. It was, it was. But I also did write that. I'd rather watch Deadpool than this. Much like Claudia did an interview with a vampire. I'd rather watch Once Upon a Deadpool than this. Ooh. You've never seen Once Upon a Deadpool. I'd rather watch it than this. Me and Tony are going to make a weekend out of that sometime. Okay. All right. So anyway, Lestat is impressed his maker with his thirst for things. Much like Claudia. Mm. He learns about the world from Marius, which completely contradicts what Marius said to him, I don't know, a fucking minute ago. <laughs> All right. So now we're on the beach, and Lestat eats a guy. And Marius is watching, and for some reason stomps this motherfucker in the skull after he says, you must appreciate your price. So it doesn't look like he was eaten by a vampire. So mm. it looks like his head was bashed in by a blunt object if somebody finds the body. Mm. When they Not die. for some reason. It makes 100% complete sense to a vampire. Sheriff sure Hampton Rhodes talking right now. 
There you go. <laughs> All right. So there's people on the beach. There's music playing. They're dancing. There's a young lady, and she takes the violin, and she's playing. And Lestat wants to, wants to go learn about her. And Mara says, only if you want to kill her. He says, you can't know her, and she can't know you. Mm-hmm. And then he gets upset because he's like, nobody can know who I am. Because he's, can't be known. Well, he's, you know, wants everybody to know who he is. He must be dead to the world. This is upsetting to him. So Lestat, after hearing this news, does what any rational person would do. He walks right up to them and says hi. He grabs the, the violin and he starts to play. And they have a little bit of what they call a jam session for you music types. They jam out. And they're just going... And then Lestat goes fucking apeshit. And he's like, oh yeah, I'm really fast. Watch this. And he just... that Charlie Daniels is like, holy shit. <laughs> Doesn't break the strings, though. But it freaks them out, and they instantly know that he's some unnatural mm-hmm. beast. Well, then his, well, his eyes, eyes start glowing. Yeah, his eyes too. start glowing. That doesn't help. Dude's like, run! He's, they're like, werewolf. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, if I saw glowing eyes, I would always go werewolf before vampire. I'm just saying. I don't know, but Marius kills the man and tells Lestat, Lestat, stop her! You must! And he's like, all right. That's a pretty good cheap knockoff <laughs> Marius impression. Thank you. I do voices. <laughs> not well but he doesn't bite, but he doesn't bite her he just breaks her neck which right, seems he breaks like a her waste neck. I know right that's like having a whole pizza and throwing it on the floor <laughs> or on the roof <laughs> alright there's an immediate look of sorrow on his face and he sees the gravity of being an immortal and he doesn't want to be immortal and he tells Marius that they must remain in the shadows now Marius tells that's what yeah. I said Marius tells him that they must remain in the shadows but never really says why why can't they just get along he says because they're vulnerable during the day. Yeah. That's why. All right, he, so. He says it. They set the bodies on fire, and we move on. <laughs> We're inside Marius's castle, and we cut to Lestat playing the violin, and he's having a good old time by himself. Mm-hmm. And he wants to know this. He says he'll know that, understand the simple joys of the world. The violin he was is very meant- important to Lestat because his best friend, Nikki. Oh, wait. Wasn't that his lover? No. <laughs> we don't know about Nikki. We don't know about how he turned Nikki into a vampire and, and Nikki went insane. And he founded the Theater right, of the so Vampires you, in Paris, which is where Armand ends up in interviewing the vampire. He does but we don't it in the interview, though, because remember? Yeah. I have found a vampire person that will become a better vampire than both of you. But Is that a threat? We don't know about that in this movie because we don't know shit in this movie. Nikki ran away with Lestat when Lestat was a young boy. Lestat mm-hmm. was the youngest of the nobles. Mm-hmm. There you go. It's his buddy. Got it, Carly? Uh-huh. But Moving we don't on. know anything about that because it's not mentioned in this movie because there's oh, no anything mentioned in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Well, that was meant for more, more than this. And all of a sudden, his bow is pulled behind, a, I don't know, like a trunk or a cabinet or something. With telekinesis. A Jedi. Mm-hmm. And then he moves it to find his bow and sees an eye. And he touches the eye and it opens up. Please be secret door. Please be secret door. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Secret door opens up, and all of a sudden, lights, the torches just start coming on. Like, she's got some magical powers, and things are just spontaneously combusting. Lestat enters and calls to Marius, and we cut to Marius, who's painting on the beach. Must be something for David, hmm. even though he's not born yet. Hmm. For many, Do you many think moves. he'd use a couple of candles, because it's in the middle of the night? Well, yeah. <laughs> well he has night vision. Yeah, he can see. One is not magic night. Right. Magic dark. Yeah, absolute dark. <laughs> Lestat continues down the hall, and torches ignite, ending in a throne room where Akasha and Ankil... I can never say his name right. I would say Ankil. Ankil. (coughs) Ankil 
and the other guy are sitting. We hear, my son. <laughs> I don't know if they could actually hear that because he whispers, my son. Or John did. Akasha did in the movie. Yeah. Exactly. So he says, would you like me to play for you? And they don't move. They're like stone-faced. Mm-hmm. He no. seems to be... No? statues. <laughs> He's, he doesn't realize they're people. Right. And he starts to play the violin... And he's just going at it, and all of a sudden, Akasha's hand comes up, and she turns her palm up. What like, does that mean? Take a bite. How does he know that? He's, he's guessing. I didn't Well, he walks over and looks at it, and he sees the... And you can see veins vein in the blood. statue, and he's like, oh, I guess she wants me to bite her. Yes, so he does. I don't know. If a statue came alive and opened its hand to me, my first thought would be, let's give it a bite. But hey, I've never been a vampire. Those guys suck. All right, well, this blood is just too much for him to handle. He's like, he falls to the floor, and he's like, oh, oh, oh. and Marius finds Got him. all the blood memories. It's powerful blood. Yeah, I bet this, this it's like liquid fire. <laughs> but but he, he says that verbatim later. So, we find that Marius has tied Lestat to a bed. And he's like, I want some more. And he breaks his shackle, and he's like, she's made you quite powerful, my friend. <laughs> and he ties his hand back down. You will not stop me. <laughs> and then it's like he drugs him or something. Yeah, like he, he must be asleep for a while. Like right after that, he's asleep. And, and he's when he asleep. wakes up, everything's gone. Right. So <laughs> not only was he sleeping, he didn't notice that they moved all kinds yeah. of shit right by him. <laughs> he must have drugged him. Did he drug him, Elaine? I don't think so. Okay, thank you. Then he those just, dudes move fast. He just tied. Well, he they, just they locked him fast. up. <laughs> and he they just are locked really him up, and then he moved all the stuff out, and then he unlo- had one of the like a villager or something unlocked once he left. Because mm. he had to take Akasha and Inkel away because Inkel tried to kill his dad. Oh wait, we don't know that. Those who must be kept. <laughs> mm-hmm. We don't know anything about those who must be kept because this movie tells us nothing of interest. <laughs> well, Marius tells him that the whole time. Mm-hmm. That he's kept for them. They have never moved. It's like, she moved for me. That's a lie. She did. <laughs> she did, but she... I meant that they, the whole time he's kept them, they've never moved. That's a lie. <laughs> they, also, they don't mention ML or any of that stuff. They really no, should have. That they, kind don't of me- they don't mention any of Anywho. it. Anywho. All right, so... They mentioned it in Underworld, and it's not true. <laughs> <laughs> Marius tells him, tells him, I'm regretting picking this movie. <laughs> You're right. I'm just this a better movie. I really thought Tony would be on my side for this. <laughs> well, because I haven't, I haven't read the books in a while, so it's you funny because when I watch you? the movie, I'm just like, I know all this stuff, so I'm just like, yeah, yeah, that makes sense, yeah. But I, I didn't think of it I, not knowing what's going on. I'm like... Yeah, how do you know anything about these fucking stories? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Well, Marius tells him, who is she? She's, yeah, okay. she's my mother. She's your mother. your mother. She's the queen. She's the queen. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't do the, if you die, we all die from uh, Underworld, like you should have. Yeah. Well. All right. Anyway, so Lestat wakes up to find himself alone. Marius has left him with no signs of Akasha. Jesse finishes the story and looks somber. Force over from Jesse, who after promising uh, not to go back to Admiral's arms, ju- does just that. So you imagine she said, okay, I'll never do it, takes the book, goes home, reads, and then goes right to the Admiral's does arms. Does everybody enjoy her haircut? Or her hairstyle? The Princess Leia buns? I do. All right. That was a popular look. 
Yeah. Jesse sneaks into the vampire coven just, and there's vampires in their meals, if the, you will, just the hanging buns out. Buns and then like Afro puffs. Would you let it go? <laughs> <laughs> she quickly is freaked out and sits at the bar where she is met by um, vampire bar guy. I don't. Does he have a real name? Vampire bar, London vampire. Like number I don't one. think he's a real. I remember in the credits, one of them was trashy vampire. Anyway, I've never known if this guy has a. No. Has a it was quite an interesting. None cast. of the vampires <laughs> in the bar are. Vampires of any kind of importance. Any note? Yeah. Cannon fodder here in a minute. All right, so. Uh, was just, was hey. a cannon in this movie? No, shut up. Was <laughs> it on a flying dirigible? It was. <laughs> I thought you knew there was no cannon in this movie. Ooh, I oh, it's <laughs> Anyway, so That's she says, come one. here often, all the time. I don't see any marks on your neck. You haven't seen all my body. And this other girl pops in. Is that an invitation? It's like, well, that's kind of creepy. <laughs> it's like, sorry, I'm taken. Really? By who? Uh... You wouldn't know him. He's an ancient. What's his name? Marius. And in the background, you see a vampire in the, in the shadows. You see his eyes. You see and his... they're like, none of the ancients are alive. They're all sawdust. Got black eyes, like a doll's eyes. And, <laughs> and you shouldn't say that if you knew him. <laughs> all right. So Jesse excuses herself and runs outside. But the three vampires follow her. And they're about to eat her. And he says, don't worry. This will only hurt for a minute. You may even like it. So Lestat um, ups his speed, and these other vampires clearly don't have speed, or not to this level, because he fucks them all. Like, you can say celerity, John. Celerity. <laughs> He's got the celerity. At He's some got... point, Tony goes, I think John likes this movie because there's so much celerity. <laughs> <laughs> and he's got the super celerity. And these, he's like a level five. These guys are like level one. Because <laughs> he smokes them, and they all just run away. There is a point where he he moves around them, and the one vampire's like, what the fuck? Like, he, I, I didn't know they moved just, that fast. Start kissing. Well, they're just baby vamps, and he's very powerful because he drank Akasha's blood. And he's a couple hundred years old at this point, too. So he's, yeah, not, but he's not like a rookie. No, All right, yeah, he's not like thousands because, of years old, but... But it's because of her blood. Yeah, he's, he's, he strong. has cut the line yeah. in the superpowerness. Yeah. Because yeah, he gets uh, silly strong. It jumps him from like a couple, from like two centuries to like a thousand years. Yeah, like that's the power four, difference. Four to six thousand. He in in the next. This is in the next story. He tries to kill himself by flying into the sun, and he gets a tan. <laughs> and he gets a because he's super powerful now. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so he looks at um, Jesse, and says, "Boo." <laughs> she thanks him for saving her. And he says, "How very presumptuous." And he's about to eat her until he realizes, until uh, she tells him the song Redeemer is about the girl with the violin. He calls her a very clever librarian. Take, and this intrigues him, and he pushes her ever so suggestively into a wall where he takes her finger and puts it into some glass. It just happened to be there because that's just amazing. And he's licking her finger <laughs> instead of biting her on the neck. A little foreplay, if you will. And she struggles to find something to say. And she says that uh, he wants to walk with a living. He decides not to eat her and just walks away. So then she recalls that, um, you know, he's walking away. I should probably fuck this up and does. And um, she says that you, wait a minute, hold up. I know something else that's not in the in your, diary. Because yeah. mm-hmm. he's like, oh, you read my diary. You know, I left that journal somewhere. And she says it touched me. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. She's like, you still have the violet. Because at first he thinks she's cool, right? But then he finds out she's a Talamasca, so he's mm-hmm. like, "Fuck off!" And then he starts to leave, and then she's like, "Wait a minute!" Mm-hmm. I know that you stopped the violin. He says, "It's okay. It's only human." This was the wrong thing to say because now not only can he go really fast, this motherfucker can fly. So he 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 dive bombs her with his super vampire <laughs> powers. 
<laughs> if you could fly, you'd die blind people. If I could fly, I'd never walk. <laughs> I wouldn't have been walking around. I would have been floating. <laughs> Why are you always flying? Because I can. <laughs> Tony wants to be immortal. I want to fly. Everybody's got their thing. Yeah. Oh, and Wolverine Claws. Yeah, no, everybody wants yeah. Wolverine Claws. No, but it hurts every time. You get used to it. <laughs> anyway. All right, so. In one of the movies, what they asked him if it hurts, and he said every time. Every time. <laughs> so every time he does Wolverine Claws, it hurts. They come out, yeah. Every fucking time. But it heals quick. Nobody yeah. wants it in their life, though. Yes, it I only hurts for a second. I'm good without it. No, we don't know it only hurts for a second. It might hurt the entire time he has them out. Yes, he's also on an adrenaline jump, because whenever he's got them out, he's usually cutting motherfuckers up. And getting shot. Just because he heals <laughs> doesn't mean shot. it doesn't hurt. And getting shot, which I bet hurts a whole lot Cross more. Cross thinks he is lumbago. I bet Wolverine <laughs> is in a lot of pain. <laughs> mm. Definitely missing some discs. Yeah. All right, so we cut the list that. No, we're, no, we're not. Lestat oh, yeah, we cut the Lestat at his home, and he does, in fact, have the, the violin, and he says, what a clever librarian. All right, we cut the Jesse who's on the phone. She's at the airport, and he tells David that she's going to the concert in Death Valley. David warns her that there are other vampires out there, and they're going to try to kill him. They're all very upset. Mm-hmm. And she says, no shit. Oh, no, she doesn't say that, but she should have. <laughs> if, only, if only the Lestat was at a vampire hangout recently where his picture was on the TV, and there were lots of other vampires around who nobody looks like. Admiral's arms, last fucking scene. Why didn't they do something then? Like, he clearly had to walk the fuck in. Maybe he used his celerity to sneak in the back. And they hid in the shadows like a creeper. Maybe he had a hoodie and it was pulled all the way up. And he's still a stat. You don't want to just jump him if you don't got your shit together. Rip your head off. Also, well, he's not like super Lestat yet. No, but he's still Lestat's still pretty. You know, he's beast still, he's still compared pretty to beast. these. Little, I mean, he has had a cautious blood before, so he's yeah. not. He's not like. There's only top so level many. Blood. There's only so many in this story. There's or in the story where there's only so many vampires above him that could really just fuck him up. You know what I mean? Like all these other punk asses. Yeah, that there's hang out like bars. ten. Yeah, and they're all. Spoiler alert! Most of they're in this movie. They don't get names, but they're in this movie. <laughs> They probably don't have TVs either. <laughs> They're not watching MTV. <laughs> They're watching candles. <laughs> Code electricity, man. Yeah. Check this shit out. <laughs> anyway, so we have a voiceover, Lestat, where he can feel something coming. And Lestat's in his coffin listening to music. And what looks like they have Bluetooth speakers. He was way ahead of his time. Mm-hmm. And there's a feeling. He sits up. Marius? So what does he do? He puts on his blue suede jacket that I think Elaine would would buy me and uh, would, would <laughs> and think I would look rather nice. But I would rather wear what Marius is wearing. You look good in a smoking jacket of any color. Yes. And anyway. does Marius show up at his house? No, Marius doesn't. You want to know why? Because Mar- Marius is buried under a fuck a fuck ton of ice up in the Arctic, mm-hmm. where Akasha left him to die. So who comes to see him at the house? Louis. Louis. I know. Okay. And his mother. <laughs> Oh, God. Gabriel? Gabriel. I was close. Oh, that's right. We don't know that he had a mother that he turned into a vampire. To be fair, I'm glad his mother's not in it because I fucking hated her. Oh. They had a very weird... Didn't she go crazy or something? She's not... Yeah, she wanted to... She was like wanting to fuck him or something even though they don't... It was weird. There was very weird. There was a weird Oedipus thing happening here. She also just hated people in general and just wanted to explore the... The jungles at Anyway, so lady. we find Marius, and he's reading a magazine with a stat on the cover, and he's like, how did you get through the 50s in red velvet? And he goes, I slept. What did you miss? Elvis? 
Elvis. Ah, Elvis. You're bigger than he is now. All right, so Marius tells him that uh, this is not about, it's not time to settle old scores. Lestat tells him vampires don't settle old scores. They harbor them. That's some stone cold shit to say to somebody. <laughs> Lestat takes him and says, come, let me show you what it means to live in the light. And takes him to a billboard. Where, where do they sit, Carly? Right on his crotch. Right on his nuts. <laughs> <laughs> right on his not working cannon. <coughs> I mean, I don't know why. I get, what's the what's the symbolism there? Like, this is my dick. <laughs> <laughs> Let's sit in my lap. <laughs> I'm Santa Lestat. <laughs> All right. Anyway, maybe it's that he is a dick. Maybe. Mm. Lestat likes having fans. Morris tells him that's what he's always wanted, and he says, "Yes, with all my black little heart." Morris then tells him that they can expect some company, as he's awoken an old friend. Like, can't you hear it? Or is all you can hear applause now? So the stack closes his eyes, uses his super force powers. Which he doesn't have. <laughs> and he can hear that Akasha has risen. Which he doesn't know. <laughs> that tells Marius to let her come. Which he would never say because Marius wasn't there. <laughs> and she, and of the ten that can kill Lestat, she's one. This is a bit of fan fiction. <laughs> Marius asked to have the concert canceled, but Lestat denies his request and then just flies away. Mm-hmm. Can he do that? Is that anything you're like, no? <laughs> he can fly. I don't actually think he can fly until after she takes him. I know he flew in the first movie, but I can't he remember. He definitely... If he flies mm. in the books. I don't think he can actually fly until the third I know Louis book. can't. No. Because Louis doesn't get any fucking But powers. Louis's very weak. Well, yeah, I mean, he Louis. made three vampires in the span of two decades. No, I know, but it, they, they, get, they, they get powers. Yeah, as they and, get older, but something about Louis, but Louis he can't, stays he very weak. He never gets telepathy and he never flies. He's a very weak. He gets strength. Louis gets fucked. Well, he kind of sucks a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> he likes it that way, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, the whole series started with him, and then he kind of fell off. Like, he peaked too soon. Anyway. The thing about Louis is the other vampires love him for his vulnerability, though. Yeah. And that's kind of all there is going on with Louis, so... He, yeah. he never stops being kind of human, all which right, is so fascinating. We cut to Akasha at the Admiral's Arms. She's talking to some vampires, the same ones who tried to attack Jesse. And they threatened Lestat, said they're going to cut him up, they're going to dismember him. And... Bleed him dry. Yeah, and Akasha's like, oh, really? Let's go dance. So she hits the, <laughs> so she hits the dance floor and starts moving, you know, shaking, doing the... She pulls she's, a Rodney Dangerfield. She's Let's cool. Dance. Be, I like the way that Aaliyah does this, actually, because she moves like a snake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very cool. Well, she was a very talented dancer. Mm-hmm. And so then this guy walks up, and he she kisses him, and then rips out his heart, takes a bite, and Cali then crushes ba, it. <laughs> And the rest of the vampires are like, what the fuck? But then there's one little she part of this. She totally dooms that motherfucker. But it is really cool because she eats most of the heart, and then she crushes the rest, and when she crushes it, it turns to dust. Yeah. I was like, that's pretty fucking cool. Yeah. They did that. So the vampires, after being freaked out for a second, decide, no, we should do? Let's Jumper. get this bitch. Because <laughs> reasons. So rather than attack them or fight them at all, she just looks at them and makes them spontaneously combust. Fire gift. It's one of her powers. And it's like, after the first two, I'd be like, I'm cool, bye. Some of them you got the impression we're trying to run, and she was like, oh. Uh-uh. She's like, you done fucked up now. I'm setting all you bitches on fire, and literally does that. Turns place in the fucking wild bunch. <laughs> so then finally the door opens, and we see vampires screeching and running out, and Akasha casually strolls away. And some semi-good CGI over 2002. 
All right, so. Cool vampires don't look at explosions. That's right. And we cut to uh, Lestat. Especially when they cause them with their super brain powers. With their super brain powers. Cut to Lestat, who's sitting in a satellite dish, and we have another voiceover. He tells he tells us that he has been, uh, there's been a sellout for both the living and the undead. They want him dead, Lestat says. Bring it on. Jesse exits a cab, and she's uh, offered a ticket for 200 bucks. Says, no, thanks. Well, 200 bucks, come on. What about 150? Anybody know who that guy is? Carly. You said it was the lead singer of Corn, wasn't it? It sure is. That's Jonathan Davis. He That's... said that while we were watching it. I did not know. <laughs> the gentleman who's singing all of yeah. the stats lines. All the stats songs. This is the guy with the demon voice. All right, so we cut to the manager who brings two girls in to see Lestat again, but this time one of them is Jesse. The other girl's super excited to see him and wants Lestat's attention. Lestat doesn't seem to want to talk to her at all. Lestat exchanges chit-chat with Jesse and then sends the other girl back to Tarzana. She's t- uh, Episcopalian. <laughs> Lestat wants to know what she wants. Jesse gives Lestat back his journal and, asks, and wants him to show her what it's like. Lestat doesn't have time. Jesse argues that all vampire has his time. Well, also, he's got a bunch of vampires coming to kill him. He yeah. doesn't have time to turn you into a vampire. Yeah. He needs to feed. We, got some, we had some well, plans to make here. But Jesse's fam- fascinated by vampires because she spent two summers with her Aunt Maharet, who was a vampire, and doesn't really remember it. But we don't know about that. <laughs> we did. We saw that in the beginning. When she was a baby, woke up and said, I want to stay with you forever. Mm-hmm. No. Why are you bleeding? <laughs> From your eyes. Let me eat it. And she would try I to think lick- that would be something she'd remember. Yeah. <laughs> that shit sticks with you, like luggage. Mm-hmm. All right. So anyway. All right. Uh, that's right. The covenants are coming for you. Jesse asked that, that he spend his last night on Earth with her. And, they have a, and he says, okay. And he grabs her, and they have a very sexual flying experience. <laughs> like, it looks like a sex scene, but they're just flying. And I'm thinking, hibbity-dibbity, hibbity-dibbity. Hibbity-dibbity. But they can't hibbity-dibbity, so this is how they have a passionate encounter. They definitely had a passionate encounter. <laughs> Shared moment. Shared moment, if you will, yeah. All right, they land on the ledge, and he almost loses her, but catches her. and Throws her up in the air, and then catches her again. And another, what I like to call a shared moment. <laughs> Stat tells her that Marius was right. She's only beautiful to him because she's human and fragile. She cuts her chest and is like, I'm not so... Fragile. <gasps> and he gets the bloodlust. And he wants the thirst is starting to get him. And he pushes her away and says, No, no, I don't want to do this. You want to know everything? Come with me. So they go to the park. And we see a vampire is about to eat a nice young lady on the bench. So then Lestat growls at him. And the guy looks and is like, Oh shit! <laughs> Powerful vampire! And runs away. And Lestat walks to her. Sits with her and Jesse gets close. Is she okay? And he looks back and goes, not anymore. <laughs> and takes a bite. <laughs> and eats her. This freaks out Jesse. And he's like, you want it? Still? Mm-hmm. After seeing this? And after this, she, this scares Jesse and he asks, you still want this? No, of course not. How about you, Tony? Do you still want this? Yeah. Still in. Okay. <laughs> I don't know her, so. Lestat <laughs> walks away. You like being food for the immortals? Lestat <laughs> walks away, leaving her in the park. And where we know there's another vampire just running around. <laughs> All right, we cut to the concert, and we're down with the sickness. Ooh, wah, ah, ah, ah. Jesse walks in, I guess. And this you... is what I went, I love Disturbed. Well, that one album, did they ever do any more? I have no <laughs> they idea. They did a bunch. 
I guess she paid the 150 because she's in. Lestat is seen entering to great fanfare. David is there too, who calls out to Jesse, who runs away. David is greeted by Marius. Hello, David. That must be so fucking creepy. Oh, look, there's a couple thousand-year-old vampire who knows my name. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't have gone to a vampire's concert. I think I'm going to just go, you know, write my will real quick, cash him in. <laughs> I'd love to show you my new paintings. No! <laughs> <coughs> all right, so the concert starts, and we see all the suckers out there. Now, I actually wrote this down. Is it just me, or did one of them look like William Defoe? <laughs> really? Come on? No? Okay. Just me? All right, anyway. Stat flies in and begins to sing. The lyrics are defined to vampire ways. And we see that other vampire elders have arrived. Maharet, we know that's her name, and some other unnamed really old vampires. Cayman, Pandora. <laughs> Melee. Says, go find Jesse. Armand. Yeah. <laughs> but not that one. No. It's the one this from is the discount. Lost Boys. This is discount. Armand. Staff finished his song and asked him if they want some more. And then dedicates this one dedicates this one to those who have come for him. <laughs> and Tony's like, no, we drove all the way out to Death Valley to hear one fucking song. <laughs> yeah, if he only sings one song, you better watch Vampires are not gonna be his problem because that mob is gonna tear him apart. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't know how many it's gonna take, but I know how many they're gonna use. Remember, there's only ten vampires at this point that can kick his ass. How many humans? It will take all of them. <laughs> there's a lot. Well, they're all gonna try. Yeah. Alright, anyway. So, he challenges the vampires to come and get him, which, of course, they do. And Lestat stabs one right in the chest. And then one's about to get the jump on him until Marius flies down and, and crushes him right on the stage. I know, Elaine, this didn't awesome. happen in the book, right? They actually did defend him in the book. <gasps> was it Marius? No. No. Okay. Who was it? Louis and Gabrielle were there. Uh. That's why I asked Elaine, that didn't happen. And she goes, well, it did. They did defend him, but not Marius. No. Because Pandora had ice. just fucking found Marius in the ice. Yeah, Pandora wasn't there either. She was going to fucking get Marius out of the ice. <laughs> with Ma- with uh, Melee or Mail or however. M-A-E-L. M-A-E-L. Male. Male? Fashionably male. Huh. I don't know. Back Volkswagen. How do we pronounce that Mail? He was also a Celt. Well, no, he was a Celt as well. So it's... I thought it was Celt. Anyway. Irish All right, or so. Scottish so, or something. So now, the baby vampires are trying, Welsh. To, are trying to kill Lestat and Marius, but they're not doing a very good job because why? Because they're baby vampires and these two are fucking powerful. Like, these two aren't... They're just fucking running them through. It isn't, of course... Well, they don't know that he's got the power. He's, he's got the touch. He's got the touch. <laughs> 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 Anyway, so they're surrounding him, and for some reason, the Lestat and Marius look like they're worried, which I don't think they would be. I mean, they're just mowing him over. But then all these baby vampires spontaneously combust. <laughs> and the, the music hits, dong, and the stage fucking explodes, and Akasha comes out from underneath it. And everybody's like, oh, shit. And like she's the Undertaker or right. something. And then Blade goes, lift her motherfucker. <laughs> Even Blade was like, I'm out! Yeah. <laughs> All right. And Akasha pulls Lestat to her te- telekinetically. And they fly away. Mm-hmm. They have a shared moment. They have. They do. <laughs> and this is the end of the vampire Lestat. <laughs> Let's get over to the book Queen of the Damned. Because mm-hmm. there's only like 15 minutes left of this movie. So let's do an entire book called Queen of the Damned. That's the name of the movie. It is much cooler than 
No, they should have called this movie The Vampire Lestat. Probably would have done better. Well, they were supposed to do two, I know. but, you know. Anyway. So, we find that Akasha has, has flown them to an island. She calls him my love, which surprises him. She offers herself to him as a companion for eternity, which is what he's always wanted. So, she tells him that she has killed her king and has kept him safe so they could be together. She's like, you did it? And he's like, you thought it was all you. Motherfucker. Just like go of a king. Mm-hmm. And they show and kill statue and it's all, the t- throat's yeah. all torn out. She knows that he's always wanted to have the world at his feet and she has come to give it to him. The Deftones change drops and we get some hot tub hibbity-dibbity. She bites him right on the nipples, which I don't think is, would have been very good. This is this, not the hibbity-dibbity again. It's just a passionate <laughs> encounter. Which is how they get down, okay? It's the vampity-dampity. It's the vampity-dampity. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so after the vampity dampity, <laughs> back in the Mojave Desert, we find that Jesse has gone home with Maharet. David doesn't seem to mind because he's no longer here. <laughs> she wakes up in the same bed, having the same dream that she did. This time she goes to the same spot and finds the great family. Spring Fair Desk. Which didn't happen because Jesse was injured at the concert. She a vampire threw her and she got a broken neck and she was turned into a vampire by Maharet. Really? Yes. Hmm. Not in this movie. No. In this movie she was fine and goes and looks at the family tree. <laughs> and she's uh, Jesse's always hoped this place was real. <laughs> and she embraces Maharet. <laughs> And they have a. This is how uh, Maharet has coped with eternity, taking care of the great family. She explains that before she was turned, she had a child. Or her she sister did. <laughs> she cared for that child. <laughs> and that child's child. <laughs> now, Lestat is woken by the sun. And he's frightened because he's a vampire, and that would freak me out too. But. Oh, oh, Rough oh, Shrek. Oh, hey, this doesn't hurt. So he goes out fine, outside to find the sun. And how bad would this hurt your fucking eyes? It's been, what, a couple hundred years? He hasn't seen the sun. Yeah. That would hurt like a son of a bitch. Well, she says it, w- it will stop hurting. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so Lestat sees that there's bodies all over the island, and presumably Akasha has killed. Not presumably. She fucking did it. To everybody on this fucking island. Yeah. I was looking for raptors at that point. Well, in the books, she killed all the men. She did. She She's showed a herself a as a divine... Um, they were supposed to be like divine visions where she would go to these thir- these tiny little areas and murder all the men and then tell the women that she liberated them and she'd be worshipped as a queen. But it was only in very tiny, secluded populations. It's not like she did it in Italy well, she, <laughs> or like India. Yeah. She tells him that by drinking her blood, she, he could be in the light. She shows him the kingdom and he says the kingdom of corpses. She tells him that they believed in nothing. Now they are nothing. Soon they will believe in them. Tony goes, this island's going to start to smell in a couple of days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they might want to head out for a while. Yeah, it's going to be a little ripe there next week. And we cut to Maharet in front of her family tree. And the other ancients are there. No names. They're just called the ancients. <laughs> who agree that they must kill Akasha for the great family. No thoughts? I have many. <laughs> <laughs> Maharet and Akasha... Uh, <laughs> All right, just then, Jesse asks... Because what the fuck does Armand care about Maharet's great family? I'm just saying. He wouldn't. wouldn't. Uh, Jesse asks about Lestat and is told by nameless ancient number two 
that he, uh, he is lost to them. He's with Akasha now. Just then, in an amazing coincidence, Akasha and Lestat walk in. Maharet and Akasha argue about letting humans live. Akasha tells him to join her or die. The She's had enough of the discussion. <laughs> Which, in the trivia, oh. it said that she died before they did the ADR. Mm-hmm. And that they used her brother's voice um, altered com- through yeah. computers to do anything that they needed to dub. And I think that this especially, because mm-hmm. there's just, just it's real weird the way she says that line. I think that's probably her brother dubbed. <laughs> yeah, probably. Which it's must like, be funny. She didn't have an accent in a minute. <laughs> Which must be funny. You sound so much like your sister. We're gonna use you. We're gonna use you to dub you. I sound like what? <laughs> He's like, what's the, what's the pay? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. He should. He maybe could have become a successful singer though. And you know what? They made like him do it a bunch of times because he wasn't getting it right. And they said, if at first you don't succeed, just step off and try again. That's a good one. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So the ancients say they will not. Akasha then asks Lestat if he loves her. He says yes. So okay, good. Go kill Jesse for me. She's yes. nothing to me. Do it anyway. Just the same. All the same. <laughs> do it for me. With a weird Russian accent that she, nah. that she developed in the scene. It comes and it goes. <laughs> we don't know what the Egyptian <laughs> accent sounded like, so hmm. it comes and it goes. And then Jesse says, it's okay, Aunt Maharet. It's what I want. And he, she tells the stat she's ready. The stat bites her, and the family tree starts to bleed. Well, she doesn't have a child. She could be the end I was waiting for Elaine to, to jump in and she's go. She's not the end. The tree spans every continent. Maharet mm. keeps track of... Thousands of descendants. Okay. When Jesse's parents were killed in a car crash, so she brought Jesse to her, but then she rehomed Jesse like you would a dog with some of her cousins. So she was raised by her like third cousins. Oh, that's cool. It is very. That's cool. why the tree wouldn't start crying. <laughs> but in this movie, she's the last one. But um, Maharet right, and her sister one. were really powerful psychics, and Maharet takes special. Um, attention to her psychic descendants mm. which is why she knew Jesse which is why she had a personal relationship also with another one of her uh, descendants is um, Xavier could be because <laughs> he's also a very powerful psychic mm-hmm. well you did see Lestat hanging out at the at his house when he was in the fucking dish there you go that's true <laughs> and Deadpool was there everybody was hiding from him <laughs> anyway um, so Akasha tells her children to remember their real family or join hers. Lestat finishes and says he wants his crown. And Akasha allows him to bite her. She tells him, look how he obeys. And just then she says, enough Lestat. And he looks up at, at Marius and gives the come over here sign. They make secret eye contact and Marius instantly knows that Lestat is, gonna, is really on because their side and is going to try to kill her. She's, she's vulnerable when, you know, he lets her bite her. Because why would else would he, she let him bite her right there. He rings the vampire buffet. Right. <laughs> Just then, the ancients attack. And a few of them go the way of the dodo bird. And I don't know which, what their names are, but I'm sure Elaine's going to... Who was that first one that died? The older um, guy. That was Melee or Male. Or oh, Male. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's the one I couldn't... I didn't and know. then, what was that? I didn't know either until I was looking at the IMDb and I was like... The second one, and that was like, oh. And the girl that died, that was Pandora. Mm-hmm. <coughs> That's Claudia Black. She's awesome. Um, and then as she throws down, um, Armand is supposed to be the one who dies. Urmond, mm-hmm. not Armand. 
He ain't my mom. <laughs> not my mom. <laughs> not my mom. But he begins to burn up, but doesn't burn up, and like heals, and then he, he sits up, cocks his head, is like, huh, and goes to back to bite. Him. She's getting weaker. She don't got enough blood. Also, like it's working. they're drinking her blood, so they're getting more powerful. Yeah, they're getting that. stronger. She's getting weaker, so this is working for him. All right. Just then, they all let go. And we see she's reaching for Lestat, who walks over, pulls the necklace off of her neck, and bites her on the neck. And he's going at her. And Maharet stop, yeah, Maharet stops him and says, no, you, you can't. And then she fucking bites her and takes in Akasha's last drop. Because in the movie, whoever drinks the last bit supposedly dies. Right. Whereas in the book, they ate her brain and her heart. <laughs> they did. And it was the twins. And we're missing one. Because in the books, there's a... There's a demonic entity, and that's why it's, if she dies, we all die. But because they eat her brain and her heart, it stays within the family, so it's just passed on. Because mm-hmm. if you did kill her, they would everybody would have died. That comes up later in the books and stuff. But we don't worry about that. No. But Akasha does say, if you kill me, you kill yourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then she dies, turns to dust, and they're all fine. Uh, so that line would have been great if they ate her brain, but they didn't eat her brain, so it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, just then we see that Maharet has taken her last drop and becomes a living statue. Mm-hmm. She's not dead. She sleeps. Mm-hmm. So the other vampires uh, don't die. It was all just a big bluff in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Lestat jumps into action and Lestat turns Jesse into a vampire. Mm-hmm. Lestat does it. Mm-hmm. You know Lestat, the main character? Yep. And for some reason, at this point in the movie, I looked at her uh, uh, Jesse's shoes, and she has like four-inch platforms on. Oh, so did so did Carly. So I was like, "Holy <laughs> shit! Look at the size of her shoes!" That's I know that's some, that's that's some early two thousands. It's like, how know. short is that girl? That's what Carly said, and I'm thinking, you know, this is you know, this is a good scene. This 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 eight thousand year old Egyptian vampire died, turned to dust. This other lady turned to stone. All these vampires are infinitely powerful. And you're like, man, those shoes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we cut to David, who's who finds Lestat in his office, which would scare the shit out of me. I would leave the office. Be like, all right, bye. Yeah. This is now your office. Although, in his defense, David has, has seen some shit. Yeah, well. And then notices that Jesse's standing behind him, and she's now a vampire. This frightens him. Sure. He introduces Lestat to him, who gives him his journal. He says, I think you'd want it, you might have wanted this back. And she says, oh, yes, thank you. Well, here, has my personal fucking journal. Whatever. All right, so... Do you think he added to it? He might have. (laughs) Lestat leaves, and David wants to know what it's like. Jesse offers to turn him, and he says he's too old to live forever. They say goodbye, and the movie ends with Lestat getting what he always wanted, a companion. Last line of the movie, Marius, hello, David. Yeah, Marius is watching as they leave, and then he goes in to see David. All right, so... Go ahead, Elaine. You get to go first. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> my favorite character is Jonathan Davis's music <laughs> <laughs> my least favorite character is Maharet of the four lines what is your purpose we know shit about you uh, my favorite scene is the end credits <laughs> my favorite line, line is uh, the end when <laughs> Jesse and the blonde girl go to, are taken to Lestat's villa and Lestat says, the London goth. It's funny. I would have taken, I would have pegged you for a telemaskin. And she, Jesse says, maybe um, in another light. And then the one girl goes, I'm Episcopalian. Which always makes me laugh. I think it's fucking funny. It is funny. 
Um, and my favorite uh, tertiary object is Akasha's outfit when she's uh, first wakes up. That's right. a good one. Oh, here we go. Yeah, Nate, got it. So, <laughs> this movie bothers me not because I'm a huge fan of these books. Like, I, they're really good books. I think they're worth a, re- a read. I quite enjoy them. But it bothers me the same way all these kind of movies bother me is that I have learned certain facts and been impressed by a world that was built by an author and then when someone tries to make a visual representation of this world it falls so flat I could use it as a frisbee (laughs) it really irritates me I'm a book nerd first and I cannot watch movies where I enjoyed the book it just makes me want to rip out all of my hair and um, I hate this movie. It's crap. So the highest of yays. All right. I give it the lowest of nays. Ouch. Wow. That means um, Jack Frost is like, damn. Carly? I just can't. All right. My I'd favorite. rather watch Jack Frost. Ooh. I'd rather watch Jason X. All right. Got it. Wow. You don't have. You can stop now. My favorite character is Marius. <laughs> my least favorite character is Roger. The uh, the manager. No, I know who Roger is. Yeah. Brings the ladies back for the, the murder procurer. Yes. <laughs> My favorite scene is when Akasha goes to the vampire club and kills them all because they want to kill the stat. My favorite line. Elaine took mine, so I had a backup. <laughs> the uh, can I ask what's it like? Yes. Do you want to find out? Me? No. No. I'm too old to live forever. It's a good line. My favorite tertiary object, I went with Jesse's wardrobe. Mm. <laughs> those, shoes. those shoes. Those shoes. <laughs> what she wears when she's a goth. That jacket she's wearing before she becomes a goth while she's reading the journal. What is that? <laughs> she's got some clothes. And uh, I am going to give it a maybe. All right. I enjoy it, but it doesn't. There are a lot of things I would like to know more about. Yeah, they don't mm-hmm. explain a whole lot, but I like the music, and I I, I like what 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 did you say it was about? Sexy vampires. In your, in, yeah, sexy vampires, <laughs> vampires and, and, and good, music. good music. This might be just for you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, perfect, Tony. Favorite character, Lestat. But if we can't say Lestat, I guess Marius. Um. My least favorite character is Maharet because they don't do anything with her. My favorite line is when uh, the girls are walking back to see Lestat, the groupies, and the one says, I heard Lestat keeps all his girls in a cellar, and it's really nice, and they give you food and cable and weed. (laughs) She says, oh, please. And she says, that's what I heard, but you have to let him suck on your neck whenever he wants. And the other one says, that doesn't sound so bad. I've done worse. (laughs) Yikes. Mm. Uh, my favorite scene is um, when they all jump Akasha at the end. I like the way that she turns to dust and stuff, and you see the bones and all that stuff. It's pretty neat. She turns like really dark black and all that stuff. It is very cool. Uh, my favorite tertiary object is Lestat's, cou- Lestat's couches. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Once me and John make them, I'll put them on the with the site so you can see them. No. And we'll sell them for five thousand dollars each. <laughs> you can sell them, but I don't want one in the house. <laughs> I'll yay the movie because I liked it. I mean. Elaine almost turned me to the dark side on <laughs> You did. I'm like, damn it, I did it for you. She had some valuable points, but... But I, it's like you said earlier, books and movies are different things. Yeah, they're hard to... It's, you can't compare them, really. They're they're different mediums. It's just like saying 
this book is this book's not as good as this painting. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It bothers me, so I generally avoid these kind of movies. And it's not a poorly made movie, and the acting is not terrible. The right. that they're allowed to do. The script is bad. Okay. Because they only had yeah. seven years to do it. The script is bad. The plot is non-existent. But the like Stuart Townsend does a good job. Aaliyah so does a good job. It sounds like you're leaning towards a yay there, Aaliyah. Oh, uh, no. It's crap. <laughs> well, I can't stand it. It makes my brain want to explode. All right. Well, then let me do my part, okay? But I know that not everybody feels that way. Okay. Mm-hmm. Great. My favorite character is also... 70%. Yeah. <laughs> my favorite character is also Lestat, but if not allowed, it's going to be Marius. Yeah. Um, my least favorite character is the Ancients. Mm-hmm. Because they are very important and ultra cool, and we don't get nothing about them. Well, yeah, you're on Team Lane. <laughs> uh, my favorite scene is the concert scene. I li- my favorite part of that it was almost my favorite scene is when they beat all these vampires' asses, and then Marius is just clapping his hands. He's <laughs> <laughs> so excited because the crowd thinks it's part of the show, yeah. and, and they're all cheering. And Marius is like, "Ah, oh, yeah." Yes, see, okay. this is why I picked Marius over Lestat. That I was so funny. That he was a good character. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite line is with all my black little heart mm. and my favorite object is Jonathan Davis <laughs> <laughs> because at the, when this came out I was a you know big corn fan yeah everybody was and it was like Jonathan Davis holy shit they should have did something with him that's all they did with him so yeah. he's my favorite church captain and I will yay this movie um, I take this movie for what it is this movie is a fun yeah. little vampire movie it's not anything great and this could have been so much better but you know what it is what it is it's a little snippet of, of the little world and they're doing a TV series we'll see maybe that won't maybe that will maybe be good follow some stuff Anne, Anne Rice said that her material would be better for a, a TV series than for I don't movie. think Anne Rice really knows much of what's going on anymore yeah, unfortunately she's a, bit, she's a bit older and her, bro- and her son's doing all her stuff well, before the the movie came out, she was very optimistic. She's like, "Oh, I've seen some of it, and it's really good." <laughs> well, she took a beating on the first one because she was like, "I can't believe you're letting Tom Cruise play this. This is ridiculous yeah. and stupid." And then he was amazing, and she wrote him a apology letter. Yeah. <laughs> so she didn't want to get caught in the wind again if this movie turned out to be good. I think it was a real Sean Connery League of Extraordinary Gentlemen yeah. situation. And what's funny about this is um, about not anything, but uh, Anne Rice when she met Stuart Townsend, she said that he, you know. Moves like Lestat and sounds how Lestat should sound, and she's very yeah, optimistic. And when she met him, he she gave him a book, and one of her books it was the life of Stuart Townsend. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Oh, that's so cool! You wrote a character named after me." And she's like, "I wrote this ten years ago." <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, <laughs> you were like fifteen, maybe. <laughs> so that's a cool little story. But um, yeah, I ate, have fun with it. So. Carly? All right, please find us on Facebook.com slash the underappreciated movie podcast, on Instagram at Unmovie Podcast Dogs, and on Twitter at Unmovie Podcast. You can email unmoviepodcast at gmail.com. And uh, please listen to all our previous episodes and tune in next week. On the podcast. For Tony's pick. His birthday pick. My birthday pick. What did Ben convince you to do? <laughs> did you take a poll? No, because last time it upset me when I did the poll because so many people picked movies that we'd already done. It reminded me of how many people don't listen to our fucking podcast. <laughs> you need to start telling friends and telling friends, right? That's right. You tell yeah, your Tony, friends, tell, tell your friends. actual friends. I do. How many? Oh, never mind. So, uh, so anyway, how many of my friends listen to? My no. friends are all in this room. No, I was going to say how many how many other people's friends have emailed us. But I'm not trying to give out how little we get emails. Because I don't know if I have enough liquor at the house. But anyway, so anyway, I had a tough time. I was gonna do Lethal Weapon. I was gonna oh. do Jaws. Oh. I had a whole list of shit, and 
in the end, I didn't know what to do. I'd do what I do in those moments. I turned to Ben, and Ben convinced me to do the crow. Ooh. So we're going to do the crow. I've not seen that. I've only ever seen that once. I've never seen a lot of uh, a lot of our history is wrapped up in that movie, so it'll come up. Halloween until mañana, my new favorite holiday. <laughs> I actually reordered the uh, the trade paperback. Have you read that? For the crow? Yeah. No. You should. I'll let you borrow it. It's really fucking good. It's really sad though, but it's really good. Spoiler, he dies. <laughs> well. <laughs> you 